Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello, welcome back to Comic Book Tales. In this issue, we tackle hopefully what you've all seen at this point. We're two weeks out, a little more than two weeks out from, um, actually three weeks now, from Star Wars The Force Awakens Episode 7 by J.J. Abrams, um, reinvigorating the Star Wars universe. So if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, I can't promise there'll be spoilers, but there will be spoilers. So uh, hopefully you've seen it by now and we can discuss it. And I'm not going to review it in the traditional sense. I mean, I will to a point. But I want to go into some rampant speculation as to where this takes us as a franchise going forward. And I think that's the the fun part again. So episode seven, uh, it, it was a return, in, in my opinion, it was a return to the days of uh, 4, 5, and 6, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Uh, the, the universe was lived in. It was used. Uh, it was... Basically what you expect from a Star Wars universe. The prequels were too pristine, too precise, too not lived in. I mean, that's the that's the easiest way to look at it. And, and people have commented and said, well, you know, that was prior to the, the Civil War, effectively, with the Empire and the Rebels. It was, you know, parts were available. That That's fine. But everything looked pristine in those first three episodes, one, two, and three. And that... That's not the Star Wars universe. That's not what we grew up with. That's not what we thought about. That's not what the books were, the comic books. Um, <coughs> excuse me, the video games. None of that looked like the first three episodes. So those were totally anachronistic to what we know and love about Star Wars. So that first put us off. This was a return to that. Now, it was really cool for me. It was really cool to see the battle cruisers in the desert of, uh, I just thought that was really cool. That it, it's not something you expect to see. It's not something you saw in any other Star Wars movie. You never saw a Battlestar cruiser on 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 land. You, you just didn't happen. Here you're seeing them all over the place on Jakku, and I think that was pretty cool to me. Um, uh, that was a nice nice turn of turn of events. If you weren't paying attention, or maybe you were, if you didn't see the spoilers, and I, I tried to avoid all spoilers. I did not want to know what was going in. I wanted to be surprised. I wanted it to be magic again like it was at one time. So I didn't want. I didn't know anything going in. Uh, I had seen some of the trailers, and I, I regretted that because I didn't really want to see anything. I wanted to go in totally not knowing anybody's name, anybody's, anything of background about anyone. So I went in as naive as I possibly could be, and I took my daughter and I took my wife. And they really didn't know anything because they hadn't seen anything. They just knew they wanted to see the movie because they'd like the other movies. So when it opens on a desert planet, I mean, you're obviously thinking Tatooine. I mean, it's there's no other way around that. Um, so it is vastly similar to A New Hope in that respect. But it's an orphan, and she's struggling to you know, collect parts from the battle cruisers that fell on her planet. Uh, we don't know how they fell. We don't know why they're there. We don't know what happened. I mean, obviously at the end of uh, return of the Jedi, 
the second Death Star was destroyed, but it, that's it. We don't know what happened after that because everything from that point forward was no longer canon it's when Disney bought Lucasfilm. So we don't know what caused those ships to be there. And at the end of the movie, you still don't know exactly. You can speculate, but you don't know. And I think that's part of the mystery as well. It's there. It points to something. There's probably a story associated with it, but we don't know what it is. Whereas in episode one, two, and three, when Lucas came back, there was nothing in the atmosphere. There was nothing in the scenery that said, "Oh, I wonder what happened there." Nobody cared. There was nothing. There was literally nothing to say. Wow, I wish I'd have known more about that. Nothing. This gave you some of that. Um, you're introduced to Daisy. Daisy is resourceful, but we don't really know. Even at the end of the movie, we don't know a whole lot about her. We suspect, and we'll get to that in the rampant speculation part. We suspect certain things. Now, what I found very interesting and I, I enjoyed immensely was um, Finn. Uh, Finn being a stormtrooper who has a conscience and can't indiscriminately just kill uh, civilians. And I know a lot of people are going to say, wait a minute, I thought the stormtroopers were all clones. We saw that in episode two, Attack of the Clones. Aren't they all clones? And there was one line in there when they said they, these these stormtroopers are raised from birth to be their, their force of... Uh, uh, soldiers and they're they're brainwashed effectively and i can't remember the exact line but uh and this finn's brainwashing must not have taken or it was it was defective so that tells you that while the first order which is the bad guy in this scenario was uh like the empire it wasn't quite the empire didn't have the resources didn't have the reach didn't have the things that the empire had so that's interesting i and a stormtrooper with a conscience. They're usually faceless, nameless, nothing. You know nothing about them. They're just cannon fodder, basically. That was my first inclination. Now, if you remember back to A New Hope, when Luke and Han trick the stormtroopers into the Millennium Falcon and take their armor to go rescue Leia, you knew there was something inside there. They weren't robots. It was an outer covering. But you never saw what they, who was in them. So it was that mystery until episode two that you didn't really know what was in those that armor. You just assumed it was a person, but you didn't know. Uh, so it was it was neat to see the helmet come off. Now, the helmet came off pretty quickly, uh, so it wasn't a long reveal, but it was still kind of neat. And I think that was kind of cool. You also saw for the first time, or at least heard for the first time, a female stormtrooper. And I think that's going to pay off down the road, too, because it's now... There's more going on here. This isn't just nameless, faceless. There's there's people in here, and people have issues, and people have problems, and people have stories. So I think that's going to be a positive as well. Um, you're introduced to um, the roguish pilot who you think is dead. You're introduced to the new bad guy who just so happens to be uh, Darth Vader's grandson, um, Kylo Ren. And I think that... That's interesting because, and I've heard some people complain um, with Daisy and even Finn being able to fight with a lightsaber they weren't familiar with against Kylo Ren, a Jedi. Nobody said he was a Jedi, and I think that's that's a key portion of this. Nobody claimed he was a Jedi. They said he was trained by Luke Skywalker 
to become a Jedi, but nobody ever claimed that he was a Jedi. So he's an adolescent who is petulant. If you saw some of his outbursts, you saw the petulant nature of him. Um, I'm, I'm happy and I'm sad that they revealed his face so quickly. And I think that part bothered I was happy because I'm like, oh, great. I don't have to wait to see who this guy is. But I was sad because I don't get to wait to see who this guy is. <laughs> so it's a good, bad thing. Uh, but he was very petulant, very youthful. Uh, Daisy seemed to ha- possess the force in a larger amount than probably was expected and was able to act upon weaker minds. Um, did you notice it, did, it wasn't like right away? She It took a while. And even when she did act on one of the stormtroopers to, to leave and unhook her or um, unbuckle her, her restraints, it, it was still... She still had to think and concentrate. It wasn't just natural just to do. So that was kind of cool. Um, the fact that Kylo Ren was Leia and, and Han's son. If you read the, the old novels, which are no longer canon, uh, they had two kids in that mo- in those books as well. So it's not totally out of the realm. But it was still kind of cool uh, to see that. It was good to see Han Solo back again. It was good to see Chewbacca it was good to see the Millennium Falcon. It, it was a lot of nostalgia, but I think it moved the story forward. Now, a lot of people complain because it started on a desert planet. There was a gunfight, you know, fights and stuff. Um, and there was a Death Star, which they called Star Killer, which was basically a Death Star embedded in a planet using the sun to harness the energy to go further than the Death Star ever did. I will agree. I think the ultimate weapon thing has been done uh, as a matter of fact twice before a third time was unnecessary just making it larger doesn't make it more menacing it just makes it repeated so that that would be one thing i think jj abrams could have done differently i don't know what the story would have been but i think the the star killer thing was a problem for me uh because there's always something that can be Destroyed. Now, other people have complained that Finn seemed to be a garbage man, seemed to know where the weakest point was on the Death Star or Star Star Killer. And I take that to mean, yes, he may have been in sanitation at one point. That may have been his job on the planet, but that would mean he would be all over that planet, possibly seeing those things and knowing those things and, and being aware of what was where. But he was also a soldier because he went down in an infantry raid. Uh, on Jakku, so he obviously was both, and that doesn't seem to be a big stretch for me that a janitor, effectively, would know where certain things were on the planet and possibly know the weak spots. You know, he just wanted to get away from everything, and they kept bringing him back in. I'm not sure if there's a love interest there between Finn and and Daisy. I mean, it, it's kind of tiny. I don't really know there. Um, I'm not really sure where Finn goes from here. It's interesting. He was the comic relief. He he was Jar Jar Binks without the horrid accent and the floppy ears and the the stupidity, but he still had some comic relief. He still had this everyman quality to him where you're like, wait a minute. I just woke up in this dream, and I don't know what's going on, but I'm pretty sure I don't want to do this anymore. I'm pretty sure this is not going to work out well. And just get me as far away as possible from these maniacs who I don't want to be around. And I think that's that's got a quality I think should appeal to a lot of people. Yes, he's found himself in a situation where everything's out of control and he's now in the 
rebels and he, he doesn't know what's going on, but he helps in any way. And I think he has an affection for Daisy that he doesn't want to admit. And she kind of draws him back in a la Leia and Han sort of, but not quite. Um, just the, the, the visuals were stunning. Uh, we've never seen X-Wing fighters or TIE fighters in this capacity. We've never seen somebody hop into a TIE fighter and pull it out of the dock. It just goes. Uh, we've never seen uh, X-Wing fighters flying on the planet's surface. We've never seen that. And, and that was kind of cool because you've only ever seen them in space. And let's do the limitations of um, FX back in the 70s and early 80s. But it's still kind of cool to see that happening here. Now, some more rampant speculation. So we know Kylo Ren is the son of Luke or of, of Leia and Han. Han's dead. We saw that, or at least we think he's dead. Obviously, without a body, we don't know. Uh, Luke survived coming out of uh, Bespin City in uh, Empire Strikes Back. So is it possible he went down to shoot and he's down there and they, co- they collect him at the bottom? I don't know. We have no idea. And I'm sure if they can move enough money, he'll, Han Solo will be back in another movie at some point. Or not. We don't know. Uh, does, do they have other children? Do we know? Do they have other children? We don't know. They, they might. In the books, they did. But who knows? Uh, it's kind of cool to see Kylo Ren embrace the dark side and fight the light, which is different than what Luke did, which was embrace the light and fight the dark. And Darth Vader started in light and ended up in dark and kind of came back to the light at the end. So it's interesting. It's a turn of turnabout of what's going on there. Who's Daisy? Who's her parents? Who, who, who left her on Jakku that she was waiting for all those years that never came back for her and why now someone speculated that she's Luke's daughter. Maybe she is. Um, wouldn't Leia probably know that was her niece. Maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, if Luke had her, who's the mother? Who's, who did he, who did he have her with? We don't know. Um, I'd like to think that she is not, uh, Luke's daughter or Leia's daughter for that matter. I would like to think that she's somebody else completely because if not, then it's a totally very closed circuit um, Skywalker connected family for the Force, and I don't, I don't think that does anything good for this franchise. I think you need to expand it into others. You know, we heard about Luke having brought the Jedi's together and re- redoing the temple to to teach them, and Kylo Ren destroying that. What happened to those Jedi's or Jedi's in training? What happened to that? That'd be a good story to see. I think that would be interesting. Uh, but we don't know. Uh, so the speculation was, what's Luke's role in this? We don't know yet because he was only at the end and he had no speaking. He didn't talk at all in the whole movie. It just at the last seconds of the movie. And I think that was interesting in and of itself. It, it spoke volumes. Uh, there's speculation he'll be more involved in the next movie, and maybe he will. We don't know what the next movie is. Uh, they're going to have some spinoffs here of minor characters uh, going forward, getting the plans in Rogue One and, and, his, and Bobo Fett's history in another. Um, it's going to be very interesting. This is, this is a totally different realm for the Star Wars franchise, and the comic books are expanding on that a little bit. They're, they're fleshing out some characters. They're giving you some more 
more there. Uh, Star Wars Rebels is doing the same thing. The more characters, the better for this universe. That was always the the rub on Star Wars. It was such a limited universe, and limited only in the sense that there had only been, you know, prior to this year, six true movies. There was no TV series for Star Wars, so they didn't have, you know, 150 episodes of TV to expand the universe. So it was a relatively limited, even with the books and the comic books, it wasn't quite as rich as a Star Trek type of universe. Well, I think they're trying to fix that. I think Disney's trying to fix that. And I, I, I applaud it because I love the Star Wars universe. Uh, the Star Trek was very clinical, very um, enjoyable, but in, in a totally different way. Star Wars is fun. Star Trek is like you're going to science class in school. It's not, it's not as interesting. There's some adventure, but it's not nearly as interesting to me as Star Wars, which it's, it's very interesting how the characters develop and how they interact. And I, I find that to be a, a positive thing. Now we didn't talk about commander um, Snoke or leader Snoke or Supreme leader Snoke or however you want to phrase him. And we only saw him in hologram form and he looked gigantic um, I speculate and don't have any basis for this, that he's a, he's a, he's a miniature sized individual, uh, much like the wizard of Oz was a tiny little man behind a curtain. I speculate that he only shows up in hologram form because he wants to look larger than everybody else. And it really, in reality is not because nothing else in the star Wars universe is gigantic humanoid, like gigantic. So that's just my speculation. Unless there's a totally different life form, where did he come from? Who is he? Why is he in charge? How did he get to be in charge? You know, lots of questions. And I think that's what I love about this movie. It brought back the history of star Wars and it made it. So it was accessible to people who weren't a hundred percent familiar. I actually went to it went to it twice and saw it with a gentleman who hadn't really watched any of the other movies, but he went to this one because his son wanted to go and he didn't know anything. So a lot of it was new, but it was enough to get him interested in going back and watching the others, but it was enough that he could follow along. He kind of grasped the concept. And I think that's amazing. I, people said, well, it's a lot of rehash. Yes. It was a lot of rehash because it had to be a lot of rehash because it's been, effectively almost 30 years since over 30 years since we saw return of the Jedi. And I think that's something you have to be cognizant of when you're, when you're trying to reintroduce the franchise. Is it a relaunch? Not necessarily. Is it a retelling? Possibly, but it's, it's a continuation of a storyline that we had 30 years ago. And in the movie, it was 30 years later. So it makes sense that that would be the case. I just thought it, it, I walked out with more questions and because I had more questions, I was excited to watch it again. And I was excited to hear about it again. And I was excited all over again for the next movie. I can't say that after episode one, two, and three, I, I went to one and I was excited going in and I was disappointed coming out, but I'm like, okay, I'll go to two. I went to two. I'm like, oh boy, I, I guess I'll go to three. Uh, three zero. Oh, good. It's done. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I don't feel like that with episode seven. I feel like this was something I wanted to see. I was excited to see, and it fulfilled my expectations that it expanded the universe from what I knew. It took it forward. I don't like prequels. I don't think they do it. 
they do a disservice to most viewers and readers because you already know the end point. So you have to have a very compelling story to make me interested when I already know what happens. In fact, I know the brand scheme. I know what happens here. I don't know what happens. It's still unknown. And I like the unknown. I like answers, but I like the unknown. I like to know that there's things that I want to learn more about. If you've ever gone on the internet and started searching for one topic and you start clicking on different links and you find your, you know, an hour later, you've gone through all these other things that were totally unrelated to what you started looking for in the beginning. And you realize you've wasted an hour, but you've learned something new. That's what I felt like coming out of Star Wars The Force Awakens Episode 7. I feel like I learned something new. I It was just familiar enough for me to feel comfortable, but I learned something new. I got to know new people, and I'm excited to learn more about them, their backstories, and how they got to be where they are, and how we're going to go forward with these people. And I, I think that, to me, in a nutshell is a tremendous success. And the, the box office has shown that it's a tremendous success. Uh, people have gone back multiple times to see this movie and worldwide it's going to be, it's huge. I mean, I don't know what the final numbers are going to be when it finally leaves the theaters, but I would suspect it's going to be a huge, huge um, success, which is going to embolden them to do more and more movies like this. Now we're going to have these other movies starting next year. Uh, the side stories. I don't know if this franchise I'm not sure yet can handle that many different movies, but we were, we're going to find out and we're going to see if it's worthwhile. And if it is great, if it isn't, you can still go back to the core movies and enjoy those just the same. So I'm looking forward to it. I think you should too. If you haven't seen it, please thank you for sitting through this uh, review and speculation. If you have seen it, tell me what you think. Tell me if you agree. Tell me if you don't agree. Uh, has the force awakened within you? Do you want to go out and see more of uh, Star Wars? Does it does it challenge you to go back and read the comic books? Uh, even the ones that started last um, January, January 2015 with Marvel, reintroducing characters you already knew, does it make you want to go back and read those? Uh, because that's going to be canon going forward in the universe. So what you're seeing there will fill in some of the gaps between uh, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. So look for that as a, not a necessarily the 30-year fill, but it's going to fill some of that space and you're going to find out what's going on. Actually, it goes back to Empire, but you're going to find out what's going on there. And I think that's important uh, for the future of this franchise. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I can't wait to see the next episode. I can't wait to see the next Star Wars movie um, and maybe finally have a franchise that can compete on the vast global nature of Star Trek. Because while Star Trek's nice, Star Wars is much more fun. And I hope you enjoy it. Uh, give me your comments. Check me out at comicbooktales.com, hannatreeproductions.com, um, and check us out and give us your feedback. We're on Twitter at comicbooktales. So please let us know what you think, and I'd love to hear what you have to offer. All right, thanks. I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>